Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Tuesday, May 28th, 2019. Can you believe it? We are already here. By Saturday, we're at June 1st, and today's show, I couldn't wait to do this show because sometimes good news gets hidden somewhere in this world, and We hear this bad news over and over and over again. And yesterday's show and today's show are here to just turn things around. Because just saying something, just saying something from I can't do it to I can do it will change the entire trajectory of your day, let alone your life. But we got to start one day at a time, which is why change is so hard to come by, because we want something to change us by it happening to us, like the right person, right job, right home, right city, right kids, right this, right that. We go all the way down the line. We want that to change us. But nothing is going to change us. When they say you can't change, you can't change that way. You could change. Any of us could change. But the bigger question is, why? Why do we change? Why do we want to change? Why don't we want to stay the same? Because some of the things we do just don't work or don't work anymore. And one of them is how we respond to anger. The reason I was so excited about today's show is that the way we deal with anger has changed in a big way. There's like these two paradigms. There's the old way and there's the new way. The old way is that split. You know, in Origins of Truth, where it says things will be black and white, they will no longer be gray, that gray area of, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I fit in. I don't know this. I don't know that. That's kind of been addressed. And so now that that's been addressed, where people say, I feel like I'm missing this. I'm looking for this. Like we we know what we're looking for. We don't know how to get there in a lot of times because part of it is we just have to learn. But no longer are using the old format. We just outgrew it over time. Think how Christ came to me 17 years ago. And think how he says every change is a million baby steps. 
We hit the million. We're back at number one now. We're going into yet further growth. But when you look at someone who dealt with anger and didn't shift over to the new way that we're dealing with anger, they're actually more angry. It's like black and white. They're very angry. They're shooting people. They're killing people. They're killing people who don't want to love them or be with them anymore. They're killing their children. They're ki- it's like we're hearing this or going into public places and shooting everything up. And it's like, okay. So now what? So we do that forever. We're not going to, but we do that. And now we hear it and we're almost immune to it. Because it has accelerated to such a point that killing another person does not shock even the person who's doing it. They're like totally unscathed. You see them in court, their eyes are vacant, everything's vacant, they're gone. They're just gone. Very few times do we see remorse. Very few times do we even hear an I'm sorry. It's, they're so into themselves. It's more about why they did it. And, and they're victims. They're victims. And, and you just hear it. And you're like, wow. Because the old way has matured to a point of that. But the new way, what does that even look like? not anger anymore. We just say, I don't want to participate. Oh, I've been through that. I've seen that. I don't need to deal with that. Does it mean you don't get mad? No, you'll get mad. Does it mean that somebody won't ruffle your feathers? Feathers? (laughs) I mean, when I do stuff like that, especially if I'm speaking, it's just starts making me laugh but you know yourself well enough now to know that that anger that's being thrown at you isn't even yours we also know that that anger is injured love and if we do participate that that injured love is also in us, so we have to participate because we also have to exasperate ourselves with our own anger. Really think about that. We have evolved to such a point that somebody else's anger no longer fuels us. And that's why, let's just say you watch the news. Even if you haven't watched the news and you turn it on and you listen to what you're hearing, just sit and listen to who's reporting it, how they're reporting it, how they're trying to scare us, why are they reporting that story, why are they reporting it that way instead of what actually happened. It almost looks like we're looking at history 
because the the energy has split. And that's why we look at it that way. Now we look at it, we're like, God, just turn that off. Just make it go away. Not the problem, but the way we are presented with this slice of life that is the most, I want to say, sobering part of human failure when we don't listen to ourselves, when we don't pay attention to injured love, when we are so damaged that from the beginning of our birth, because nobody held us, something as simple as holding another human being and feeding them and meeting their needs of security. They're out in this abyss and they want to get the world back for that. But we understand that now. Talking about a narcissist now isn't like, oh my God, and then he did this to me and she did that to me. We're, we're like, oh wow, that's a narcissistic personality. Got it. Recognize it. I'm good. Let me go on. If your partner comes to you, they don't come to you anymore. You know, they used to call it the the kitchen sink argument. Everything is thrown into the argument except for the kitchen sink. Because you'd hold everything in. And then it would blow up into a big deal. That was the old, old way. That was even before my time. Because people did not want to admit anything was wrong. And then in my time, it was like telling each other everything. And now we were oversharing. And letting everything out. And then... We were getting like these nasty divorces and nasty partings from work. And if you left something or someone, it had to be dramatic and big and mean and showing someone something. And then we started realizing that, hey, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Put the brakes on. Why do I react that way? Why am I reacting that way? Now we're questioning ourselves. And we're just saying things like, can we do this better? I know I'm better. I hate when I have to do that because afterwards I feel horrible. What's in me where that comes out? I didn't even know I was that mad or angry or hurt. How do I reclaim my strength? And we don't use the words reclaim my strength, but that's what we're doing. Why does it hurt so much? Oh, I responded that way because I'm hurting too. And along the way in these five years, the show's, that we had, that when people have an argument and we say to the other person, I know 
you didn't mean that. For you to have said that to me, you must really be hurt. And then don't say anything. Because we have to allow for each other to see that we're hurting or we would never fight that way. We wouldn't even need that template to fight that way. Because an argument is visual pent-up anger. If you ever had to describe it, it's pent-up hurt and anger. That was unaddressed. And you know what's funny? You know how I, I tell you guys at times, like I take notes in my own shows. I just took that note. That anger, an argument, they are the visual pent up part of us that hurt and is holding our anger. And now we're addressing it. And now that we can see that, even though we don't have the words, we've evolved to the point where we don't need the words so big. But we know right away, if we're screaming back, if we're accusing and blaming, if we're pointing fingers, that we're the ones that are hurt. And instead of exasperating that and dumping it on the other person, because now we know we're doing that, we say, oh, wow, I need to pay attention to that. Because we trust that we are part of the problem if we are doing that. But the problem doesn't mean we're bad. The challenge is to recognize it. And I love having these conversations when we're not angry, because when somebody is angry, it's a dead end. By then, they can't hear you and they don't want to hear you. It's just too painful. We can never lose sight of the fact that we are essentially, initially pure. We really are. Every time I look at another human being, every time, even when they in their own mind are hitting a wall and angry and wanting to throw that anger at everybody, I pay attention to their light. At times, I may not be able to do anything about it. I may not be able to sit and talk to them. But when I see it, I do do something. And that is I pray for them. Because I don't look at prayer as asking God for something. I look at prayer as expanding their their own level of seeing love, which is God. God is love. God is not a person. God is love. There's a huge difference. And when you see God as love and not as a person, 
you're able to understand that you are speaking to love. You are speaking to love. When people say they don't know what love is, we can't define what love is. It's only because we can't define God. We cannot put God in a box. We can't. And we never will be able to do that. I don't care how we try to package him and put him inside of a church or put him inside of one way of living where these people are right and those people are wrong. God is only love, and that's why no one can own him, her, it, in energy. So when we are angry, we know now we're angry at love. And for some people, that translates into God. And the, the cool part is, and, and today's such a one of those subtly, subtle shows, we already know all of that. That's why we react. We just don't know. We don't have the words. We haven't had the conversations. We don't have the awareness. But we are hardwired to God, even if we with our mouths, with our brains, say we don't believe in God. He's still there. It's not like he went away. It's like somebody saying, I'm not going to look. The house is right there, but there's no house there. Still there. And I can say it. I can believe it. I can feel it. Only because, only because I've seen him. There's a reason why I saw him. And now for me to have the the oomph to just talk straightforward, not try to be apologetic for seeing God because no one understood yet. I'm standing tall in this knowledge now because by now I have seen what this knowledge does. Even to people who never heard of it, who never heard me talk about it, I still know there's something. Even before I knew I was going to see Christ, I never knew I was going to see him, but before I saw him, that feeling of self-empowerment from searching, it was like I was always looking for God. I wanted to know, well, who is this God that said, I can't marry who I want and I can't go out of my house. Why am I here if my template's already written? What's the point of me being here if I can't do anything? But I had to be there to ask that question. I had to be born in America to ask these questions of, wow, my neighbor does this, my other neighbor does that, I do this, we all, and we all say we believe in God. God turned out to be a divider in our world, and that's how we use God. But there's a study, and we're going to do this show on Monday, but there's a study that said children who were raised without religion were more compassionate and more loving because nobody told them they were better than anybody. Nobody told them that somebody else was wrong and they were right. Nobody told them that there is a way to get to heaven and they know what it is. And if you do this and this and this and this, 
you're on, baby. And so because nobody told them, they didn't have to compete with the other guy to get to heaven. When you don't have stuff put in our head that tell us we're good or bad, the markers of injured love change, which means the markers of anger change. We don't need to destroy because we are destroyed. We understand that it's because we were unheard unreacted to and we need to shout to get the attention we want we need to release the fact that we feel left behind because Christ says over and over again there's no soul left behind but try to tell that to someone who's left behind they look at you like you have no idea what they're talking about because they're so hurt that they have to react in a big way to create a big splash to match the big anger that they feel. There's in, you know, I posted the show yesterday and it got a lot of response. And what you don't see, and I didn't even know this existed, but after we do the shows, I usually don't go back. I don't go back and listen. Once in a while I do because I honestly felt like I was talked through the whole time and I want to hear what happened. It happens to me in interviews sometimes. But, you know, Christopher Sedre said, anger can't be dissipated by a closed mind. It's actually even deeper than a closed mind. It's an unacknowledged mind. So remember when I said, how can there be the same God that says you can't do this and this and this and this, and how come those people can do it and they still get to go? Why did I have to learn this way? And then when I saw Christ and I asked him, well, I'm Muslim. Why did you come to me? Because I thought he came to the wrong person. And he, like, just was there with all this love, didn't even like answer me. I couldn't hear anything. Just like waited me out to get through all of the stuff we created. But our anger isn't because we have a closed mind. It's because our mind was so open that it got hurt. And anger is a dead end. But if our mind were closed, we would never open that door again. We are fluid. We are growing. We are living, breathing organisms. We can, we grow whether we want to grow or not. Sometimes we see something in a distance. Sometimes we hear something that's not even in our conversation. And it shapes us. We're always open. You know, those signs on stores that are open 24 hours, we're always open. The issue is, what are we open to and with? That's the issue. And what's happening is, whatever you expose yourself to, 
whoever you expose yourself to, you will be. We are, and I said this before on shows, and it's worth repeating, and this is something I read somewhere. I, I didn't know this on my own, but when I heard it, just like I said, things change us because we're always open. It changed the way I thought about my every single day life, that we are a combination of the closest five people that are around us, us being the fifth. For the most part, we can only handle that many very close people because you have to have the time to be close to people. But we are a combo pack of what we allow around us. So if we, you know, that saying, birds of a feather, is very, very true. But if we're hanging around people who also have not addressed their anger, even if it is in a partner that we chose to bring into our lives, if we can't see their anger, but we feel like we're connected because of the angry feelings, that we have not addressed, that relationship is going to teach you that. Because everything in our life happens for it to expose something we are doing, feeling, caring about. We are all in this together. And when there's anger, we start separating the way we do with religion, the way we do with different political groups, the way we do with whatever it is that would separate us from the pack. And we think the whole world is against us. We think everybody, and people say it, everybody. I I was just somewhere where people were talking and all they wanted to do was hear the bad things. And when somebody would point out something good, they'd roll right over it and show you something else that was bad. And I'm sitting there listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, this is exhausting because I haven't heard that for a long time because I no longer surrounded myself with people who saw everything that was wrong all the time, even though they were great people. I couldn't, not because I didn't like or love them, I couldn't handle being in that space of looking at this life that we have with all these things in it to choose that lane to drive down every single day in my life. Because my reaction to anger is different now. Now I know, oh, wow, did not address that yet. I could sit and work with them. But that's why I did those classes on self-love. That's why I did the class on, on parenting and relationships, at least the relationship from the point of parenting. And that will be available. And from now on, I could say, oh, my gosh, you might want to try this as a resource. You may. You may not. But at least it's done. Like, I could die now because at least that's done. 
and these people that worked with me forced out of me a structure, which is what I needed. Because I didn't, I could talk and talk and talk, and the shows are a great structure because it allows us to do that. But as we've done the shows from day one till today, anger has so many avenues to release itself from us. To be seen for what it is, that it's our injured love. To see that we can heal that injury. And because we have, our choices have become different. And we have changed. But we didn't change by saying, I'm going to change and I'm not going to be angry anymore because that's not even realistic. Tell that to someone who's in the middle of anger. They will kill you for saying that to them. They'll be like, who do you think you are? But that's also not how Christ taught me. Why I did the show every single day. Because every day we can learn because we're always open. I didn't even understand that I had injured love. And when you rename anger, injured love, it's a completely different energy. We have changed. We are different. We are more aware. And the ones that are always open decided that they weren't going to address themselves because nobody had been able to get to them yet. They're living in the old paradigm. The black and the white. It doesn't mean black is bad and white is good. It's just it's a dividing line. The old and the new. We have grown. And we are creating a new world of thought that we can live in now. It's not like we're isolated because you're aware. Now you're finding this big loving home to evolve to even greater thoughts. And that's where we're at. It's so beautiful. You guys, on that note, I only have 10 seconds left. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.